Find out more at blackandeducation.com or on Amazon. Four young men from North Carolina Agricultural and Technical College changed their world when they decided to stand up for their own rights. Their names were Ezel Blair Jr., Franklin McCain, David Richmond, and Joseph McNeil. They were freshmen at North Carolina A&T in the fall of 1959, and they became friends when they met that year. One of the things that they had in common was that they shared a hatred and a disdain for the inequalities that surrounded them. One event caused them to act and to start a movement that would echo throughout the country. During their winter break that year, each of the young men went home for Christmas. On his way back to school, Joseph McNeil went to get something to eat at the bus station in Richmond, Virginia. He approached the counter and they refused to serve him. He was told that he had to go around to a counter in the back to get served because of the color of his skin, and he was furious. When he returned to school, he told his friends about the incident. After some debate, they decided they were going to do something about it. On February 1st, 1960, they walked down to the F.W. Woolworth store in Greenboro, North Carolina, purchased some small items from the store, sat down at the lunch counter, and asked to be served. Now, I always thought that there was an organized structure behind them, but there were no adults, there was no major organization directing them on that day. They simply decided to stand up. Now, this act caused a great stir in the city of Greensboro, North Carolina, and the next day, more students joined them at the Woolworths lunch counter. Eventually, the word got around and the courage to conduct sit-ins spread like wildfire. Now, sometime before the sit-in in Greensboro occurred, people in Nashville, Tennessee were already preparing for nonviolent demonstrations. A few years earlier, an organization called the Fellowship of Reconciliation, a faith-based organization which started in 1914 in Europe, assisted the Montgomery bus boycott movement by sending staff members to work with Dr. King and others as they planned strategies during the boycott. The Fellowship of Reconciliation produced a comic book after the boycott, entitled Martin Luther King and the Montgomery Story. The book sold over 250,000 copies, and many college students got a hold of it. James Lawson and Glenn Smiley, who were with the Fellowship of Reconciliation, began teaching workshops that promoted nonviolence during demonstrations throughout the South, and in particular in Nashville, Tennessee. Local college students began to participate in significant numbers. Students would pretend that they were in a sit-in while others pretended to beat them and yell at them to help them prepare for the real violence they were going to face during an actual sit-in. They practiced how to group together to protect one another and how to protect important parts of their bodies like their heads from the violence they were sure to face. In Nashville, John Lewis and Diane Nash were very active student leaders while other organized sit-ins began to take place across the country as the news of the Greensboro sit-in spread. Within weeks, 50 cities across the United States experienced sit-in de demonstrations in over 100 cities by the end of the year. In fact, when asked if he was advocating that Negroes in New York stay out of national chain stores like Woolworths, the famous Congressman Adam Clayton Powell answered, oh no, I'm advocating that American citizens interested in democracy stay out of these stores. In Nashville, students continued their sit-ins, and eventually the opposition got violent. On February 27, 1960, a group of men attacked the student protesters. They put out cigarettes on their backs, yanked them from their stools, and then beat them up. When the police arrived, they arrested 81 of the student protesters, not their attackers, and charged them with disorderly conduct. Eventually, both Black and Caucasian patrons began to stay away from these businesses, and the economic impact was apparent. After much protest and continued opposition, six lunch counters in Nashville started serving African-American customers in May of 1960. 
And on July 25, 1960, F.W. Woolworth announced that it would desegregate all of its lunch counters throughout the entire country.